And now, story time with Mr. Black. Martin Niemöller was born in the Westphalian town of Lipstadt, Germany on January 14, 1892. In 1910, he became a cadet in the Imperial German Navy. With the outbreak of World War I in 1914, Niemöller was assigned to a U-boat, of which he was eventually appointed the commander. Under the stipulations of the Armistice of November 11, 1918, that ended hostilities in World War I, Niemöller and other commanders were ordered to turn over their U-boats to England. Along with many others, Niemöller refused to obey this order and was, as a consequence, discharged from the Navy. In 1920, he decided to follow the path of his father and began seminary training at the University of Munster. Niemöller enthusiastically welcomed the Third Reich, but a turning point in Niemöller's political sympathies came with a January 1934 meeting with Adolf Hitler himself. Niemöller and two prominent Protestant bishops came to discuss state pressures on the church. At the meeting, it became clear that Niemöller's phone had been tapped by the Gestapo. It was also clear that the Pastors Emergency League, the PEL, which Niemöller helped founded, was under close state surveillance. Following the meeting, Niemöller would come to see the Nazis as a dictatorship, one which he would oppose. Niemöller's perhaps best remembered for the quotation, First, they came for the socialists, and they did not speak out, because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out, because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out, because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. It sounds a lot like what we're going through here in America. And it's time to decide who we are so we can figure out what to do. A little over 100 years ago, a man looked at the morning newspaper. And to his surprise and horror, he read his name in the obituary column. The newspapers had reported the death of the wrong person by mistake. His first response was shock. Am I here? Or am I not here? When he regained his composure, his second thought was to find out what people had to say about him. The obituary read, Dynamite King Dies, and also it said he was the, quote, merchant of death. This man was the inventor of dynamite, and when he read the words, merchant of death, he asked himself a question, is this how I'm going to be remembered? He got in touch with his feelings and decided that this was not the way he wanted to be remembered. From that day on, he started working towards peace and not destruction. His name? Alfred Nobel. And he is remembered today by the great Nobel Peace Prize. And just as Alfred Nobel got in touch with his feelings and redefined his values, thus redefined his life, we should step back and do the same. It is a slowdown, it is the holidays, it is the Christmas season. It is time to reflect, to repent, and to renew. Just as Pastor Martin Niemöller had to come to an accounting of his activities and silences, he had to decide how he was going to live his life based on who he was. We should step back and do the same. What is your legacy? Why are you here?
Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, and get the next day and do it again and again and again? What is your it? How much time do you spend on it versus the other stuff that's frivolous, is temporal, and is not it? When you're committed to it, when you focus on it, your life becomes about it. What is it? Did it matter? See, these are existential questions. The word existential combines two words, existence and essence. Existential. And this etymology tells us what an existential question is. It is a question concerning the essence of what it means to be us. What it means to live our life. What is the meaning of my life? What is the meaning, essence of my existence? Who am I? Why am I here? Why do I get up each day, do what I do, go home at night, get up the next day, and do it again and again and again and again? What is my greater purpose? And once we know that, then we can answer the question, how should I live my life? Because when you know who you are, what to do is not so complicated. Because it is appointed for man to die one time, and then comes the judgment. This is why Frank Outlaw told us, watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. Stephen Covey used to talk about the four quadrants for time management. The Covey time management grid is an effective method of organizing your priorities. It differentiates between activities that are important and those that are urgent. And if you don't know these existential questions, your life will be wrapped up in doing those things that are urgent versus those things that are important. Important activities have an outcome that leads to the achievement of your goals. Urgent activities demand immediate attention and are often associated with the achievement of someone else's goals. Inevitably, there's a tendency to focus on things that are urgent, putting out the fires, and often urgent things are not always important. Dr. Covey's approach to time management was to create time to focus on important things before they become urgent. And sometimes this means just doing things earlier, quit procrastinating. However, the real skill is to commit time to processes that enable you to do things more quickly, more easily, and also to stay on purpose. Again, it is appointed for man to die one time, and then comes the judgment. And Covey used a metaphor of filling a bucket with rocks and pebbles and sand to represent activities of declining importance. And very often, if we would just commit specific times for the important activities, we can also find time to fit in the less important ones. Here's the variation of the story that Covey used to talk about. A philosophy professor stood before his class and had some items in front of him. When the class began, wordlessly, he picked up a large, empty mayonnaise jar and proceeded to fill it with rocks. Rocks about two inches in diameter. He then asked the students if the jar was full. They agreed it was full. So the professor then picked up a box of pebbles and poured them into the jar. He shook the jar lightly. The pebbles, of course, rolled in the open areas between the rocks. He then again asked the students if the jar was full. They agreed again 
than it was full, and the students laughed. The professor picked up a box of sand and poured it on into the jar. Of course, the sand filled up everything else. Now, said the professor, I want you to recognize that this is your life. The rocks are the important things, your family, your partner, your health, your children. Things that if everything else were lost and only they remain, your life would still be full. The pebbles are the other things, the other things that matter, like your job, your house, your car. The sand is everything else, the small stuff. If you put the sand in the jar first, there's no room for the pebbles and the rocks. The same goes for your life. If you spend all your time and energy on the small stuff, you will never have room for the things that are important to you. So we must pay attention to the things that are critical to our happiness, to our purpose, to our reason for being. Like playing with the children, taking time to take care of our bodies, uh, doing our work, cleaning the house, having dinner parties, having social relationships, all those things. Take care of the rocks first, the things that really matter. Set your priorities. The rest is just sand. But then in the story, a student then took the jar, which the other students and the professor agreed was full, and proceeded to pour in a glass of beer. Of course, the beer filled the remaining spaces within the jar, making the jar truly full. And the moral of this tale is no matter how full your life is, there's always room for beer. No, that's not the moral of the story. That was a joke. But your life's not a joke. And the way you live your life is the way you'll be remembered. And this holiday season, when it's time to slow down, it's time to reevaluate. Are we doing those things that are going to count for eternity? Do we know who we are? Do we know why we're here? And we know whose we are? That is the existential question of life. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.